Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about what is probably our front runner for Best Picture at the Oscars in just a few weeks from now. It is Sam Mendes' 1917, a war film set in World War I that is shot to look like it's all one take. Uh, of course, by master cinematographer Roger Deakins, and it is quite the accomplishment. Um, a little bit of mixed, all-over-the-place uh, takes on this movie, but we're going to get into a lot of what we thought with my returning co-host, Catherine Gonzalez from Shuffle Online. So I'm looking forward to this conversation that we're about to have, and I want to remind you before we get into it to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can, of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue these conversations about movies and we've been having a lot of great conversations in there, so I really would love it if you guys all joined us. So, I think we should just jump into this one today. This is actually going to be a really busy week on um, piecing it together. This is going up on Monday the 20th, but we also have episodes on Terminator Dark Fate and Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which, if you are a patron on our Patreon, uh, you've already heard because I had those up as advanced special episodes, but they're going up for real now on the feed this week, probably Wednesday and Friday. Uh, Three-episode week, busy week on the show. Next week might be a three-episode week, too. There's a lot of movies to cover, a lot of stuff finally hitting VOD that we recorded back in December, and so and new movies to, to cover. So there's lots and lots of coming on piecing it together so thank you for listening as always and let's get into this conversation about 1917 all right so today on the show we've got back with us Catherine gonzalez how's it going good how are you happy new year yes happy new year uh this is um this is my second early day in a row but gotta squeeze these episodes in where we can you know gotta gotta do this whole podcasting thing yeah yeah your goals <laughs> yes yes we got it it's a new year new resolutions we gotta uh, we gotta fit in as many movies as humanly possible i'm not really gonna try to do that that's insane i <laughs> i need breaks here and there but uh i am glad we're getting a chance to talk about this one um, this is 
probably going to be the last 2019 release that we do an episode on, um, but I definitely wanted to talk about it because, I mean, let's be real here, there's a very good chance it's going to be our Best Picture winner this year. Um, let, let's Let's get started with it just talking i mean how did you like the movie yeah i saw this uh back in december i had like an early screening and um honestly i was just blown away i love war films that's one of my favorite genres so i can't get enough Mm -hmm. of them i know some people um i read some some tweets and things that said oh another war film but i find them really relevant and i think um we should have one every year. Like, that's just me. I think it kind of reminds us of, hey, this really bad thing happened and we should think about what we do, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and, yeah. and I think that's why I'm so fascinated by the, with them because it just blows my mind that people actually went through this and they went in um, like kids, basically, like, you know, men, young men had to go and fight and had couldn't ask no questions, you know, like they were forced to. And I think I just find that so interesting. And then they just had each other. So I think this film, 1917, kind of reiterates that um, by focusing on the two men who are given a mission and then they just go and, you know, do it without question. And I found that so fascinating. And even, you know, one of them uh, is just like kind of joking and they're having fun. You know, it's weird. It's like Mm -hmm. a weird kind of thing. And so I found that um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I know um, to me, I thought it really... Sam Mendes did a really good job in terms of like throughout their journey, they, they kind of do give little tidbits of their life. So you do feel connected to them. I know that was kind of one issue I saw on Twitter that people were like, Oh, I didn't connect with it. And I had the opposite feeling. I thought that you could really kind of, you you know, you had to just kind of, uh, if you listen to what they're saying and you kind of got their, their gist, you really felt for them. And the fact that they're basically going on this mission and they, probably most likely to die um yeah and it kind of just also represented you know all the men that were fighting you know like that's their story they just go and do this stuff so for me that was really good and then just technical why technically uh it was amazing the one shot i was i was kind of hesitant like i was not sure how it was gonna go i was hoping that it wasn't gonna be distracting because i didn't want to know I didn't want to be able to see that because then I was going right, to just because right. then I was just going to focus on that. But the way they did it was pretty seamless. Um, I was I couldn't even tell. Like, I don't even know how they did it. Um, and I need to watch some of those behind the scenes thing. But even then, I probably won't know. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> and then, you know, halfway through the film, Roger Deakins just shines and his cinematography is amazing. And like the lighting and the, the, there's a sequence, I don't know, we can get into it later, but it was just mind blowing. And I would have watched that over and over again, to be honest. So yeah, he, he, he knows how to make a beautiful shot. That guy, he, he's, he's just out of, out of this world the way that he shoots these things. Yeah. So in some ways you're watching a film that's based on a true story or based on, you know, um, a real event, but then you get that cinematic part where it's just beautiful and you feel you're watching a movie, which I think we've lost somewhat nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so that felt really cool to kind of have both those things. And afterwards, like it hit me, like I cried at the end. So I think it was, it was good. I I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I can't say more good things about it, which I probably will in this podcast. I'm sure. (laughs) I think we're both going to say quite a few. Uh, so why don't we, uh, I'm will, there's plenty of, uh, angles to look at this movie from, but why don't we jump into some puzzle pieces? I'm sure they will lead us to a bunch of the things that we want to get into. Uh, what do you got for your first puzzle piece for this movie? So I'm going to go 
technical for my first one and say uh, Blade Runner 2049 just because it's Roger Deakins and the coloring mm-hmm. um, in that scene that I'm talking about towards the end of the film uh, or I don't know maybe three fourths of the way I don't know if you would say mm-hmm. where he's kind of in the in the ruins um, yeah that felt very reminiscent of 2049 um, in some ways and it was just very beautiful like the silhouettes um and when he, when the kid is like running and, oh, it was just so good. I was like, this is so good. I feel like I'm there. And so I really enjoyed it. And that's kind of how Blade, I mean, Blade Runner, you don't feel like you're there because it's very futuristic, but it just was beautiful. Like, I can't say enough. I don't know how you felt about it, but that was kind of why I had the comparison to Blade Runner 2049, which makes sense because it's Deacon's handiwork. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I honestly, I'm a little mixed on Blade Runner 2049, but I completely agree as far as how beautiful it is. And I would say you do feel like you're there, even with the futuristic setting. <laughs> I think uh, he really just captures it in a way that just, I mean, you you really get a feeling for that that uh, that world, you know, and that, that, that version of the future. And it, just the way that he shoots those things just is so perfectly beautiful. And, and you were saying earlier about, you know, cinematic. I mean, that's really the number one thing. I mean, th- some of it is very realistic as well. But then w- when he decides to, um, you know, I guess show off a little bit, it is, it's a thrill, you know? Yeah, because I... I want films that are grounded in reality, but sometimes you want to watch a movie and you get the best yes. of both. And I think that he, he makes that happen. And it's, it was just so, it was so, um, so fun to watch, watch that in, yeah. in this film, especially because um, war films, you know, they kind of been done. Um, and so it's kind of hard to, uh, I guess, bring new things that people haven't seen, like the explosions and things. And I felt like in this film, uh, just by his handiwork, it really kind of brought a new thing to the war genre, what people can do with it if they're just creative creative enough, I think. Sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, great first puzzle piece to to kick things off. And, uh, I, you know, I think... Um, I think that that mix of reality and uh, just how the hell did they do that craft is a, a lot of the reason why... Um, this movie is dominating right now when it comes to awards. And it, it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think people were expecting it, um, but it, it's it's racking them up left and right. And um, I, I think people just love to see a show when it comes down to yeah. it. Uh, you want to go to the movies. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so I will go to my first puzzle piece, and this is going to be, I, I think, a fairly obvious one, but dealing with the um, the whole faked one-shot aspect of it, um, and that is Birdman, uh, which, of course, also had a similar... Um, you know, where it seemed like it was one shot for the entire movie. But of course, there were little hidden cuts everywhere. Um, and just the, you know, the the technical marvel of that and to to try something like that, a stunt, you know, it really is kind of a stunt thing. And it's something that could really, depending on your outlook, could really kind of pull you out of it if, if, you know, if they're not careful and depending on your personal uh, capacity for that kind of a thing, if it's something you can really deal with or not. But to me, I think it's pretty damn awesome. I, I love a movie that 
uh, takes risks like that and tries to do something really, really exciting. And when when you're even during the um, you know, you know, the more, I don't know, I guess pedestrian moments where you're just kind of like walking through, uh, you know, through the barracks and all that stuff. <clears throat> and even all that, it's just, it's kind of thrilling to just see the camera just constantly moving along with them and, you know, seemingly never stop. And it was the same kind of feeling with Birdman where it's like, like they're just going to go through every single little moment of all this stuff and just am I ever going to, are they ever going to let up, you know, is it ever going to have a break? And it's, it's a pretty exciting thing. And I think that's why people who are, you know, into, um, I guess, exhilarating cinema are, are really into the idea of the one shot, you know, it's, it's just a very exciting thing when they're able to pull it off as well as they did here, as well as in Birdman. Yeah, I agree. I think it definitely depends on what they're trying to depict like in Birdman it works um and I wouldn't it's just another tool I think and it it needs to be used at the right time um yes. and then the directors that we're talking about like Mendez and and then Inaratu I can't say his mm -hmm. name very well um but those are masters so it makes sense that they pulled it off but I wouldn't it definitely I could see where it could go wrong and so um I don't think I hope people don't start trying to do it just because they want to do this like one trick I think it definitely depends on the material and whether it serves the material absolutely yeah so um but that's a really good a good one I hadn't I forgot about that one <laughs> but the yeah yeah Birdman I mean there's I'm sure there's plenty of movies in the history of cinema that have done the one shot thing you know whether it was really done or tricked in really masterful ways but um i mean that that's one that just gets a lot of notice i think yeah i agree so uh what do you got for your next piece well i'll continue on the continuous shot train and um children of men uh sure. from uh quran i can't say the r's in spanish i know it's a shame <laughs> um but yeah, I actually just rewatched it because I remember thinking it was it was really cool. And I think uh, it was back in 2006. So I was just about to it was a year from graduating high school. So I probably my film knowledge wasn't a, as good. Um, and I think I've rewatched it a few times over the years, but I just rewatched it to keep it fresh. And then just watching it now, it truly was like so good, so good. And it's crazy to think that that was in 2006. So that means they probably shot in 2005 and like technology wise, like the way how they were able to pull that off. Um, mm -hmm. It was, it was pretty, I think groundbreaking in some ways in that sense, cause it was really interesting. Uh, it really adds to the story. You can, you know, there's the uprising going on and he's trying to find the, the pregnant I mean, the, the girl with the baby and um, you really feel that tension, which I think is why I compare it to 1917, because like you mentioned, just a simple shot of them going through the barracks, like walking through, you feel like, oh, what's going to happen? Is there going to like, is a bomb going to go off? Like, you know, it's very yeah. unsettling as a viewer to watch that, which I think just adds to um, what they're trying to convey and in terms of war films, I mean, that's what you want the audience to be. You want to, you want them to be uncomfortable. Um, you want them to feel that tension because that's what the, I mean, we can never imagine what it was like, but you know, you kind of at least feel uncomfortable in some ways. Uh, sure. and you get to feel the unsettling, like what's going to happen next. You don't know. And that's what a little bit, like not even anything close, but a little part of like what they went through in terms like, so I feel like it's cool that, um, 
they were able to kind of convey that to us and us have that feeling like it's a really movie going experience. And I think that's why I really enjoyed it. It just makes you need to be all in. Like you can't watch that film, like watch 1917 and not be all in. Um, because I think that would kind of be, you, you wouldn't be able to really, um, I guess, take it all in. Absolutely. I, I think that, uh, you know, kind of just to, to, to double up on that, I also feel like The Revenant is another puzzle piece that I just want to like just bring up for a minute just because of the uh, the survival aspect of making it through all this war, you know, those environments and that just really just harsh, insane, just how do they survive in those those elements kind of a situation. And, uh, you know, The Revenant is such a, 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 you know, a deeply difficult looking survival film. And the things that they make their way through in this movie, and especially on their own with no help, really, for most of the film, most of the mission is, uh, you know, it's pretty damn crazy. And, you know, you, you had said earlier about, uh, you know, war films being important just, you know, to... Uh, you know, to show what we've been through and stuff like that. The the idea that these these kids had to go on these kinds of missions and had to make it through this stuff, it's just, uh, it, it's kind of mind-blowing. And I think, I think the difficulty of that is really, really well captured here. And I think that part, that's part of what the one-shot thing kind of helps with uh, in, 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 you know, the immediacy and the uh, just absolute, you know, hardness of the mission i think that helps to to sell that yeah and i really think like if it had just been a normal um like another like a film where they just edited stuff i don't think it would have been as impactful as it is so credit to sam mendes who decided to do it this way because you never stop like i was like as the odd in the audience, I was like, okay, maybe we'll have a breather when they like are just like walking and it seems like there's nothing going on, but then like something else happens or they just got to continue. And it's like, man, this is never ending. And then you realize that's what it was like. Like they never had a, you know, in war, you never have a chance to breathe. You know, like yes. you're still on a, on a battlefield. So, um, and I think that's kind of what you got to remember. And I think, I hope people like kind of take that in mind when, you know, I think we've forgotten that a little bit. Like we don't sure. realize what people really did for us and, um, and where we're going even today. So I think it's just nice to kind of like put yourself in those shoes a little bit and be like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm getting too into it, but that's how I felt at least. Um, because I, I agree. Yeah. And then also like when you watch, when you see their, um, I was looking at their shoes, um, their boots, and you can see them going through the mud. You see them going through like the water and you just think, man, that must be so cold and like annoying. And I don't know that. Kind of, and they never even really eat either. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I just, I thought about all those things because you're, you're kind of, when you're going through with them, you're like, man, don't you need to like stop? And they can't cause that was the reality of it. So yeah. Yeah. Just keep on going and going. Uh, so what, so that was my next piece. What do you have for your next one? I have, uh, and I just kind of, I don't even know if it really fits, but I really love it. So I just wanted to bring it up because it's one of my favorite war films. Um, we were soldiers, um, and this was before Mel Gibson stuff. So please forgive me. <laughs> I, I'm not going to let him ruin, ruin my, that movie because he was really good in it and I love it. The, the man has a lot of really good movies that are pretty undeniable. Yeah. So whatever. Um, <laughs> 
but in that film, um, it's about the Vietnam War and it's really about camaraderie, like camaraderie. And I thought in this film, it's the two guys um, and that's all they have and they have each other. And that's what basically a lot of my favorite war films focus on that. The ones that, hey, we're, we don't really care about what's going on outside, why, what side we're fighting. We just got to fight for each other. And I mm-hmm. think and I think that's what this film was conveying too is, hey, we got to go do this. Um, they talk about their family lives a little bit so they kind of get close. Um, and then at the very end, I'm not going to spoil anything unless we are, but, you know, it kind of hits home. So it's all about the person, the man beside you um, or woman, you know, nowadays. Sure. Um, but We Were Soldiers really did a good job of kind of, hey, no, leave no one behind kind of thing. And I really, I don't know, that kind of just is something that I, I, I related to in terms of like comparing those two is that you really, it just boils down to the person next to you and what you're willing to do for them. And, you know, and in, in this film, it definitely boiled down to that um, in some situations. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, great piece. Um. I'm trying to remember if I ever actually saw We Were Soldiers. I probably did, but it's been a long time. Um, yeah, I've watched it like twenty over twenty times. I love that film. <laughs> yeah, right on. I, I'm sure I must have seen it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, I will go to my next piece, um, and this is a movie that there's been uh, a, a lot of talk of the comparison online. Um, it's a movie that. I did not like very much, but it has to come up in this conversation. That is Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Um, are, are you a fan of Dunkirk? So I actually saw it a long time after the whole awards, or I don't even, was it nominated? It was nominated. Um, I, I think it was nominated. It didn't win that much. No. And so I just didn't watch it in theaters. It took me a long time, I think like six months after to watch it. Cause I was like, okay, mm-hmm. let me watch it. Um, Cause I just wasn't sure like what was going on. And then sometimes the hype can just make you like not want to watch things. Um, sure. I think that, cause I have that on my list too. And mostly just because it focuses on like, he focuses on two characters or a few, a handful of characters. Um, but in that film, I felt like you couldn't really, it was more of a focus on the whole, the whole picture instead of individual people. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was in some ways I liked it. Um, but there's not a, I don't know, you couldn't really connect. And I think where Sam Mendes did a good job is that, you, he made you connect with those two characters. Absolutely. And, and, and that, that's about the thing them. about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and you care about them. And the other one, like I will say like in terms of technical and as a film, it's really well made. Dunkirk is. Um, mm-hmm. But if I have to nitpick it and I don't know, I just don't connect to it the way I do with like we were soldiers or um, this film. And I think that's why I wouldn't necessarily like I know the comparison because it's easy like, oh, it's following a handful of characters. It's about war. But I think Sam, it's kind of not doing justice if you just compare it straight um, to Sam Mendes's 1917, because I think he did something that Nolan didn't wasn't able to do. And that was like make you connect with characters and think of the big picture. Yeah. I, I think back when Dunkirk first came out, I was it seemed like everybody loved it. Everyone around me certainly loved it. And I'm just like sitting out like I, I don't get what people like. I get that yes, it's a technical achievement. There's so much uh there's so much really great craftsmanship going into a movie like that. I, I would never deny that. 
And I feel like 1917 is also very similar to that in that the, uh, the technical aspect is a big draw of the movie. But then, yeah, you've got the, you know, just a small amount of characters that you're, you're focused on. And there's nothing really there to uh, connect with, with Dunkirk. And that's where it totally lost me. And where 1917, Sam Mendes does a great job, I think, of making you care about these characters. And that also speaks to the performances in, in, uh, in 1917. Uh, George Mackay and uh, Dean Charles Chapman, I, I think they do a fantastic job. And you, you actually care about their story. Whereas in uh, Dunkirk, they're just kind of like uh, these little pieces at play that don't really have that much that you that you're into their characters' journeys or anything. Yeah, they could be anybody. They could be replaced yeah. with any other any other kid, which I think in some ways is commentary in itself of the fact that governments don't care about you know like they it's kind of like they just send these guys and don't really care about them you know in some ways so i guess in that sense i think it's a good bigger picture type film but in terms of like caring about the the people and getting the audience to connect it didn't do very well and i think that's where 1917 shines is it's such a short amount of time and like and it's so cool the way um like the information was just released a bit at a time, like where, you know, they reveal a little bit more about their private lives and it just makes you kind of, it's like little bits and pieces throughout the whole thing. And then I think it was, it was just, I don't know, sprinkled very well. Yeah, absolutely. Along with all of the, uh, the big, uh, big actors sprinkled through as well, which is a, a fun little, fun little way to have a few, uh, Oh, look, look who's in it now. Uh, moments. <laughs> yeah. I thought those really brought, um, it was really cool because uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't know who those two characters are um, sure. in terms of actors. I mean, I knew Dean Charles Chapman from Game of Thrones and King Tommen, which I thought I'm so happy for him that he's doing well. Um, and he was really good in this. And I hope he um, he continues to get roles because um, I think this was I feel like they don't give them credit. Like, I think they're giving a lot of credit to Sam Mendes, which I mean, is warranted, but also like if they wouldn't have been good, it would have been shitty, you know? Like, yeah, sure. so, so I think, I hope they get some accolades in, in some way, or at least some respect. Cause I think they did a really good job. I wouldn't have been on the journey if they wouldn't have been believable. So absolutely. Definitely. All right. What do you got for your next piece? <laughs> so I got Black Hawk down. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's one of my, also one of my favorite, war films um and more in the sense of in 1917 there is action in but it's not like a a usual war film where there's always explosions and they're kind of in the bunker kind of thing it's like more of a journey toward the action um Mm -hmm. but black hawk down did a really good job of the tension and it's kind of like where they're on this mission and then they have to go through this you know in somalia and then like they're getting attacked and in terms of like the comparison of tension that I felt throughout the 1917 is why I'm comparing it to Black Hawk Down because there was just constant tension throughout the film. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if someone's going to die. And, um, you know, there's a lot more explosions in that one, but, uh, I think the same feeling I got of the uneasiness and not feeling comfortable watching it, um, is why I'm comparing it to 1917. All right. Absolutely. I, I totally get that. And as long as we're uh, going to cite war movies, I uh, we might as well bring up Saving Private Ryan, 
uh, <laughs> which of course I, I think is a good uh, comparison, mainly because of this uh, this one small mission in the middle of this big giant war, and focusing in on you know just the the personal journey for the characters, uh, which of course is a you know I think a a much better way to tell um you know a, a war story because I mean we we know the big overall picture. It's great to to focus in on these characters and on their stories and what they're going through and uh th that's where you really get some really interesting movies out of and of course saving private ryan is an incredible version of that i haven't actually seen it since uh since opening weekend back when it first came out in i think 98 if i remember correctly uh but you know it's it's a great movie yeah, I love save. I've seen it quite a few times, but I haven't seen it. I think in a few years, it might need a rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, what do you have next? Um, those were actually all the ones that I had. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have I have two more. So, uh, first up, this one's kind of silly, but um, I have Tom Cruise running. Uh, as a puzzle piece oh, in very yeah. in various movies, uh, most recently Mission Mission Impossible Fallout and the uh, the rooftop scene, but uh, certainly in many other movies over the years. Hey, um, George, George McKay's coming for you, Tom Cruise. I know we should cast him as the uh, after these next two. Get him in there for the next uh, the next one. You can start running for Tom. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tom Cruise running is the first of the. Final two pieces. And the last one, I don't normally cite documentaries, but um, Peter Jackson's They Shall Not Grow Old from a couple of years ago, I think would make a great companion piece with this. Um, just kind of, you know, we were talking earlier about how with the, the whole one shot thing, you know, it really takes you behind the scenes. And you see people just kind of living in that, that war zone and, you know, just the kind of mundane stuff that's happening uh, back there as they're walking through the base and all that stuff. And uh, I, I think They Shall Not Grow Old did a really incredible job by using all of that actual footage um, of, of showing what, you know, exactly what life was like back there. So someone actually uh, suggested that one to me as well, and I need to watch it. I haven't watched it, and I'm surprised I haven't. So it's definitely oh, going to be... Yeah, it's definitely going to be on my... Um, watch list pretty soon because i need to watch that asap i think <laughs> yeah i think you'll love it it's it's really one of the best documentaries i've seen in the last few years um and especially as a war fan a war movie fan i think you'll really enjoy it um so all right let's do the finished puzzle and we'll get into any closing thoughts we have on 1917 uh we talked about blade runner 2049 birdman the revenant we Were Soldiers, Dunkirk, Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan, Tom Cruise Running in Movies, They Shall Not Grow Old, and Children of Men. All right, so uh, do you have any other thoughts about 1917? <sighs> <laughs> I <laughs> Plenty, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think... I just want to say, because I think sometimes, especially in the most recent years with social media and everything, I think when a film is highlighted, um, for better or worse, people will go in with those thoughts into the film and kind of, you don't see the movie for what it is. You see it for what people are saying it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
especially with this one, because I think people are going to be like, Oh, another war film. Like why isn't another war, you know? And I really hope that you can go in with an open mind, forget what people have said. I know it's kind of hard when you're on social media all day. Um, but, and I'm guilty of that too, but I think just go in with an open mind, kind of put yourself in those situations. Um, I always, and just enjoy it like as a cinematic experience because like Roger Deakins is a legend and like, watch his work you know like the reality versus like the cinema like it's just amazing um and kind of really try to connect with those stories and if you can't i mean i'm not gonna you can't be forced to um but i think also uh with war films i always go down the wikipedia hole and try to research more about it and i think that's maybe what sam mendes was trying to do because he was it was an ode to his grandfather and the stories that he told and you know the 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 men that he met when you know he he was fighting and i think we need to remember that um and kind of i don't know i think that's just kind of what i take away i mean some people might just be like i don't want to watch a war film and that's fine but i just hope that people can kind of give it in go in with an open mind because i know when there's like awards hype and stuff you kind of want it it sways you away from wanting to watch it because you're like oh it's overrated whatever just try to go in with an open mind because it really is an amazing film and i hope it doesn't take away from what they were able to do yeah i i I agree and i think just to my my last thought on it and it really goes right along with what you're just saying there is uh with the awards hype and stuff like that i feel like a lot of people when you know, like we got to the Globes a few weeks ago and I think everybody had a dog in the fight. It's like they either wanted, you know, Once Upon a Time or they want, you know, Parasite or, you know, they they have these movies that they're like so set on and then all of a sudden 1917 comes in and starts uh, cleaning up. And so maybe that kind of, you know, creates a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a backlash situation. And it it really shouldn't because, you know, this is just uh, a movie that has a lot of really, really talented people putting together something that's really interesting. It hasn't, you know, hasn't been done quite like this, you know, and so it's really something worth checking out, I think. Yeah, I definitely think so, too, because... I love war films and sometimes it can get a little bit um, where you see the same kind of thing or they do it. uh, Some people try to take a a stab at it and it's not as, you know, well-made, but this one really kind of just took it to the next level. So I'm excited to see the next generation of war films and what they're going to try to do to really put us there. Um, Sam Mendes kind of set the bar high at this point in 2019. So (laughs) all the other filmmakers out there have their, uh, you know, work cut up, cut out for them on how they're going to kind of top this war film. But I'm excited as a war genre fan to kind of see where it goes now with, with, um, with the entrance of 1917 and what it was able to achieve. One last thought. Um, I, I I can't forget to mention Thomas Newman's score, uh, oh, which yes. yeah. is wild. Um, as a composer, I I honestly felt it's a little too always present. Um, I feel like he should have maybe pulled back a little here and there. But other than that, I mean, it's so beautiful the, the work that he's doing in this film. Like some of his best, honestly. Yeah. And I think sometimes when it's really good, you kind of don't notice in some ways. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Cause it's yeah, just sure. so, cause I know I've noticed when it doesn't fit and it's very distracting and you're like, what, are, you know, what are you doing? And I think in this one, it was just at the right moments and I need to watch it again to kind of see um, if it was a little bit too pressing, like you mentioned, I can't remember right now, but I do believe like 
it was really good. Like it was I think, I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one to listen to on its own. I think I think it's gonna be a, a really great score album to just throw on and 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 listen to. Yeah, I mean, I was running yesterday and I put on um, uh, what is it, the Night King? <laughs> I was like, uh, from Game of Thrones. So I love a good film score to to run to. It kind of mellows me out, which is. I guess if you're a film fan, you understand. And if you're not, you're like, you're weird. But I, I prefer listening to soundtracks and music scores than, you know, other music. I, I just got done doing that for like a month straight while researching my uh, best scores of the decade episode. And so I, I was listening to nothing but scores at the gym. And some of them were pretty weird while I'm lifting weights and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that about does it for 1917. Uh, have you seen any other movie recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Even though I'm kind of mixed and I'm actually going to write my review today because I've been sitting on it. Um, if you're a fan of Bad Boys <laughs> and mm. Bad Boys 2, I do recommend watching Bad Boys 3. I think it was fun. Um, it definitely needed a little bit more finesse, um, which, but I, I think seeing Will Smith and talking about the cinematic experience and just movie going and he was at the heyday in the nineties and two thousands. And it mm. was really fun to see him and Martin Lawrence again and their chemistry. They could, I would believe anything they do. So I think if you just want to have a good time um, and kind of zone out a little bit and just see a cool action film that go watch bad boys three. Well, I'm probably going to do that later today. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, this was great. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell people where they can find you and your work online? Yeah, so you can find me at Things Cat Loves, and that's C-A-T on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find all our writings and things at shuffleonline.net. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at shuffleonline. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here again. Uh, I, I'd love to have you again sometime, hopefully on a movie that we see within the same month, at least. And, you know, I don't have to keep you waiting so long. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot coming um, that I'm excited for. So we can definitely find something, I think. Beautiful. Warning, do not listen while hungry. Hi, my name is Stephanie Barajas, host of All Rice, No Beans, a podcast all about restaurants and the people behind some of your favorite spots to eat, where we talk about how they started, all the ups and downs, and my favorite part, the food and drinks. Ooh, and let's not forget about the desserts. So subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow me on all social media because I have the pictures of all the food. And if you want to be on my podcast and you're a restaurant owner or in the business, email me at allricenobeanspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, you were warned, don't listen while hungry. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about 1917. And that was just our little ad for All Rice, No Beans, the new podcast that I'm producing. Episode 2 just went up today, so make sure to go check out All Rice, No Beans. We're having a really great time making this thing. We already have seven episodes recorded, and uh, they're going to be coming week after week every Monday. So look forward to that, and please check it out, and we'd love to know what you think of it. And we'd also love to know what you think of piecing it together. So make sure to rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Five stars would be amazing, but tell us what you think. We always want to make this show better, and we love making it and going to keep making it for you. So definitely let us know what you think. You could also follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. 
And uh, you could sign up for our Patreon if you want. We still have some more special advanced episodes in there that will eventually be hitting the main feed. And we're going to fill it up with some more soon. So lots coming. Uh, Also, it is getting to be that time where we're going to need to start scheduling out new episodes coming in uh, February and March and April new movies that are coming. So if you've ever wanted to be on an episode of Piecing It Together, get in touch with me because I'm always looking for new guests to help co-host these episodes with me and get into the whole puzzle pieces format. I love having people back on who we've had on before, like Catherine today, but uh, always looking for new people to have on the show. And I really appreciate that you're all out there listening and would love to have you come and talk with me. So... That does it for today and 1917, which I still think is probably going to win Best Picture. I mean, of course it could be Parasite. It could be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't think it could be anything else. It's those three. Uh, this is going to be it. I mean, I guess we'll see as we get it. just won uh, the, the Producers Guild Award. Uh, I believe it won um, Cinematography. Won, what is that, the Ace or whatever. Yeah, I, I think this is it, but I guess we'll find out in a couple weeks. So uh, let's close this thing up with a piece of music, as we always do. And for a good war movie, we need a good war type of track. And I think I think I might have played this on the show before, but this track, Journey, from my free album, Like Ashes, definitely has a bit of a war feel to it, so... Let's play this track, Journey. And like I said, this is a free track. This isn't available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the places you could buy or stream music in that way. It's available as a completely free download. I have three albums like this. I have four albums that are available for sale and all that stuff, but three free albums that are like bonus tracks and remixes. And they're all available exclusively on my Bandcamp profile, which you can find at davidrosen.bandcamp.com so go check out Like Ashes if you like this track and you can download the whole album eight free songs and I believe four or five remixes uh, of tracks from the album that came before it Head Like Fire so uh, yeah go check that out and enjoy this and we'll be back in just a couple days with more Piecing It Together
and All Points West. <laughs>